NWA quarters in full effect. Judge Dre residing. In the case of NWA versus the police department, prosecuting attorneys are MC Brand, Ice Cube, and Easy Motherfucking E. Order, order, order. Ice Cube, take the motherfucking stand. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth so help your black ass? You goddamn right. Well, won't you tell everybody what the fuck you gotta say? Coming straight from the underground A young nigga got it bad cause I'm brown And not the other color so police think They have the authority to kill a minority Fuck that shit cause I ain't the one For a punk motherfucker with a badge and a gun to be beaten on And thrown in jail We can go toe to toe in the middle of a cell Fucking with me cause I'm a teenager With a little bit of gold and a pager Searching my car, looking for the product Thinking every nigga is selling narcotics You rather see all right, welcome back, Pucks and Deep Podcast. This is episode 63, and it's Josh Coleman and Adam Lesko here on a bit of a dreary Wednesday afternoon here in Pembroke, Ontario. Spring is upon us, Lesko, but uh, if there's if, if people aren't talking about the weather these days, they're they're talking about what we're seeing right now south of the border. Big big topic right now. Worldwide now too. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Worldwide for sure. I, I guess I'm being a little more specific with regards to, you know, some of the major protesting and the riots and the looting and everything. We're seeing most of those videos come from the United States and bit of a divide right now. And you know, so, so many times we see a, a large topic like this, it always just becomes a political thing. And you're a political guy. So when you see this all going down, how, how, like, what are your thoughts in terms of, oh, fuck, here we go. Like, this is going to be all Trump's fault or maybe this is going to be Obama's fault for something he didn't do <laughs> before he left. You know, it's uh, it's sad. I feel like the, and when I say they, I mean the people who openly criticize government when something like this is going on. And that's fair. I'm not saying that it's not fair, Lesko, but it just seems like the actual topic often gets lost. Um, in, in translation, when you're busy pushing your own personal political agendas out on social media, when really the the problem at its base is, you know, social injustice, what's going on with, with minorities? I think it does get lost uh, during, I mean, let's be honest here, they've hit a boiling point. And it's not the first time this, is, this has happened. Okay. I mean, it, it's, this is something that keeps happening over and over again. You hear from some of the the older protesters in the United States, and they're like, I was in the same spot in the 60s yes. fighting for the civil rights movement. So I do want to make sure that we do remain focused on what's important here, and that's police brutality, uh, racial injustice. I mean, these are the two major subjects, and it's starting to bleed into... Uh, you know, militarization of police and tyrannical government. And that's another political debate that, that stems from this, obviously, um, as we start to dissect the issue and find kind of what the driving factors and how change can actually take place and what needs to be done and who needs to be held accountable in order to do it. Um, it's. I think my initial reaction is is was very 
like sad. I did like for example, I didn't watch that video. I was gonna. Ask I couldn't watch it. You haven't seen it. I either. don't need to watch it. You know what I mean? Like I've seen plenty of it, and I've and some of the subsequent videos I've seen of the way police and the guards and whoever have treated people down there. Is is fucking disgusting. Oh yeah, there's right. Uh, so you, it's, you see lots of that. It's so not I just it's not just George Floyd. Incident, correct. Right? Yeah. So it, it it's it was something where I was like I was sad, man. I was sad. Like I watched his family talk on on CNN when they went and visited the the place where he died, mm-hmm. and I was almost in tears the other day, man. Like it's so it's so frustrating, and and here we are sitting on our fucking white privilege perch not having experienced anything like this in our lifetimes and and probably never will to be honest like any kind of injustice or oppression or 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 no have any idea what it's feel like because I want to get that out of the way right away it's like I'm no way saying I understand and I think that's a big um I think that's important thing for people to admit is that we don't understand what it's like and what black people go through in the United States and Canada and all over the world or minorities or people of color what have you. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's an obvious statement, right? But you can sympathize, you can empathize, but you can't realize. Mm-hmm. You just can't. You can be, you know, you can be supportive, you can be helpful, but at the end of the day, Josh Coleman at his house here in Pembroke, Ontario on his little fucking podcast, like, there's, there's nothing that I can do do personally other than be a good person not be a racist asshole it's pretty easy Mm -hmm. that's how i live my life it's pretty easy i had a couple friends ask me you know what what can i do what should we do you know and i said educate yourself stand in solidarity raise awareness that's all you can really do and i've taken the opportunity i think part of the problem that white people might have is that you know like what they call white guilt right you, you see the shit that happens and you see that kind of stuff and it's uncomfortable to watch and it should be because it's inhumane garbage right yes i mean it doesn't matter who is on the receiving end of that kind of treatment from police you should be disgusted and it should make you uncomfortable that that kind of shit goes on um and and just full disclaimer for the listeners here um if you're one of those stick to sports fucking guys you might as well tune the fuck tune out. out you might yeah. have tuned out already so good for you um <laughs> But some things are bigger than sport, and let's be honest, there's no fucking sports going on right now anyway. We will get to some NHL stuff, absolutely, um, but this is something that's too important and much bigger than any anything that we stand for, what the show is all about. Yeah, I think anybody who has a channel or a mountain to scream off. I always make that joke about the podcast is my mountain. And when I can't yell and scream at anyone, I can yell and scream at the microphone with you listening and making fun of me or whatever. <laughs> but all the fun and games are kind of over at, at this, at this point in time, in terms of wanting to release a podcast and, you know, make everybody laugh and talk about sports and have a good time. Like anyone who has a channel or a mountain is using that opportunity to make sure that the people that listen to them and follow them understand that we're, we're all human beings here. Like I I think you'd be extremely hard pressed to find somebody out there right now that openly and willingly wanted to be on record as saying, yeah, that's the way it should be. Or black people are all criminals. You know what I mean? Like those things aren't going to be 
said. Well, there's more. There's, you'd be surprised at how many people are saying it online, but not on the record because they don't use the real fucking names. Right, fair. But even still, let's go. I, I, I'd have to, I'd have to argue the point that even those trolls aren't actually. You don't think racist some people actually assholes. believe? They just like right. to. They just like to troll. Yeah. And this is my opportunity to troll. When Kobe Bryant passed away, it was my opportunity to troll. Yeah. With a well placed, ill timed joke that you know, gets the sycophant off and they go, oh, that was funny, you know? Mm. And even myself, I go, fuck, that is funny, but it's not right, you know? Like, right. I can admit that it was funny, but it's not right. And it brings me to my point that I wanted to talk to you about. As this whole Black Lives Matter social injustice topic continues to gain traction, continues to grow, how do you think that this is going to affect things like comedians movies and tv like pop culture you know like i watched a couple stand-up bits um from some african-american comedians it was just earlier today and their jokes were killing it but their jokes were all about like black lives matter and how we can't seem to agree on black lives matter the one guy was like can we just change it to black lives exist (laughs) <laughs> he's like he's like will that work and i mean this is this this was several years ago it's yeah. not like he just did this yesterday in right. light of the george floyd incident but like i should say george floyd murder because that's what it was yeah yeah murder yeah. i don't yeah. want to say it's i you know i don't want to be insensitive it was a murder but answer the question as it relates to how the world is going to be moving into the future as far as lyrics for songs or comedians who are able to use certain words, you know, we're not going to say the word, but you're able to use certain words to drive home your point or be a part of your song. But, you know, not everyone's going to be able to be a part of that anymore, maybe moving forward. So are you telling me that, are you telling me that Hannah B, like the bachelorette dropped an N-bomb like on the internet or something? That's what it was. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. And, 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 and they were, they really tackled it on the Stern show. and, and, And I was super interested in the conversation because you know, you just get so much backlash, like, oh, you're a racist. Cause, and and then, like, even Robin, for our listeners who are familiar with the Howard Stern show, Robin is Howard Stern's right-hand lady from day one. She's African-American, and she was like, this is stupid. Like, right. this is so stupid that you're making someone apologize for yeah. singing a song, you know? And, and it had me going. I was wondering about that, too. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. I sing the songs. Am I racist for doing that? Like, I think I, if I you're going to do so. it on the internet, maybe you should self-censor. Yeah, true. Probably the, the safest way to go about it, uh, not invite that kind of attention. I mean, at That's the end fair. of the day, are you, ra- are you racist in that case? Probably not. You know, you might be, but you're probably insensitive to a certain degree. That's fair, yeah. You know, especially when you're doing it in a public forum. I, I, mean, I mean, she had to have known, right, that she was going to catch heat for that. But yeah. in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of what we're talking about, I mean, there's fucking bigger problems out there, right? Mm-hmm. And it goes back to, to exactly how we started off about um, how the issue or the focus gets diluted. Because um, if you look at right now what the what the government's trying to do in the United States, they're trying to make it about um, about power, right? And about exercising control and putting the focus on the looters and the fucking destruction because you're trying to delegitimize the movement and therefore distract from the issue. Well, and I'm not going to say that that's fair, but at the same time, 
you even have some of the Black Lives Matters Matter advocates who are begging and pleading with those lawbreakers and the looters and the rioters to say like, do your protests, but stop burning your own house down. That's yeah. What, that's what they were saying. You I bring believe, your own city down, right? I believe that's what George Floyd's brother even said yeah. in his statement was don't burn your house down because when you, and by house he meant the the city, right? Yeah. Like, don't burn your house down because if you do that, then what do we have left? If we do want to make a change for the better, we're going to have to not only make the change for the better, but rebuild our city. Well, if it's like about moving time. forward, it's like you're setting yourself back, right? Like, and it's unfortunate because this happens every time there's a protest for anything, right? Uh, you see it every time there's a, a G7 event or something in North America or even in Europe. Yes. Um, you know, there's those people who come out there to protest and there's people there who are just there to stir up shit and get some free shit out of the stores. And it basically, unfortunately, we've seen it every night. And what kind of fucking pisses me off, though, is I haven't seen any looters get dragged down the street by the collar and batoned shit out of them on on online or on TV on the news but I've sure seen a hell of a lot of journalists and fucking people sitting there doing nothing getting the shit kicked out of them by police and I understand the big crowd where the focus of the protest is is where the majority of the police presence is cuz it's set but from the sounds of things um like in New York City for example they were saying places 6 miles away were getting fucking looted from the actual protest area where people were most active yeah, I have a difficult time coming to terms with what I'm seeing on on social media and, and on CNN and stuff. Like, let's be honest, too, Lesko. I mean, not that not that it's a, a program that I can't wait to see or anything, but like CNN Live right now is like basically must 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 watch television. Yeah, with what's going on? Last night I was watching right up until the curfew because I was very interested to see and power to these fucking brave souls who are defying the curfews, remaining peaceful. And actually being a little smarter and continuing to march and stay mobile, it's one of the things that the Hong Kong protesters learned when they were dealing with uh, uh, the Chinese military right. was staying mobile. It makes it harder for the police to actually surround and corner you and detain you. Right. I'm glad you brought up curfew. And I'm also glad you followed it up by by saying brave souls because what we're seeing a lot online right now is... I feel like it's selective videos put forth by the anti-law enforcement community where it says, look how disgusting this is. This guy just gets shot for standing there and doing right. nothing. And it's true. He's literally standing there. Well, it's amazing. Eh? But like, he's not supposed to be, though. Correct. But isn't... You're allowed to protest during the day. Here's something that doesn't add up for me, though, with the United States. And I, I, I did educate myself i took the opportunity to uh, learn into why basically police never get sued and never get caught for any of this brutality shit okay um which is a whole convoluted thing but if you want to take the time to look it up and understand how police unions work in the united states it's a very interesting topic so you kind of mean like sorry to interrupt Um, but you kind of mean like you know getting getting them off so to speak for like roughing somebody up or well i mean so what it's going to lead to my point but in canada I've seen plenty of cases where police have been charged, suspended, removed, fired for disproportionate use of force. And that doesn't seem to be a discussion that I'm hearing enough south of the border right now. Okay. And George Floyd is a perfect fucking example. You got three cops kneeling on this guy's back while he's fucking cuffed face down on the pavement, right? 
proportionate use of force. Do you yeah. is that required to detain this man at the moment? Do you need six cops to beat up one lady on a bike because she's uh, in the protest path after curfew? I don't think so, but they're doing it. And wow, surprise, surprise, the protests keep growing. They keep growing. You know why? Because, oh, so you're telling me that more police brutality and racial injustice isn't fixing the problem of protests? Against as, police brutality Exactly. And I mean, that's yeah. the thing is the government sees this as a problem, as a PR problem. That's how the federal government is treating it right now. And this is what disgusts me the most about the situation. And, and this is why there's never been change in all these years when these things have happened is because the politicians wait for the shit to die down, right? And they're not proactive. They don't have the balls. They're not constructive or they're not smart enough to do anything about it. And it, it's fucking, it, it's so frustrating to watch because talk about a time when you need real leadership because right now what the U.S. needs is de-escalation, okay? So there's two cities uh, in the United States, one of them being Birmingham, Alabama, okay? They're fucking, they agreed within 24 hours, if, if the protesters stopped trying to tear down a Confederate monument, they'd remove it. And I guess saw what that. they did? They removed it. Yeah, I saw that. So we need that leadership to fucking calm things down. But instead, you, in, instead we've got the fucking Oompa Loompa down there insisting on, on like, fanning the flames, pouring gas on this fucking shit. Hiding the flames with his Bible. It, that's what I mean. Like, it just, it, obviously, obviously when people have been saying this for years that when major crisis hits this is when it's really going to expose the leadership flaws south of the border right. and i'm not just talking at the federal level because yeah you could use some leadership at the federal federal level but the municipalities and the states are the ones who are largely in control of policing so the change needs to start there and it needs to start locally and you need to find a way to weed these fucking people out of there in order to make a difference. Yeah, well, I mean, it's an interesting point you talk about because I, I think it's, is it not safe to assume, Lesko, that the majority of cops everywhere are good guys? I would like to give them the Majority, the give doubt. them the majority. But I, I think... Like, give me a thousand police officers and I think you might have a couple dozen in there that are actually racist and will abuse their badge. I think... I think part of the problem is that, and it's exposed right now on the police brutality side of things, is that now you have cops who, who maybe aren't racist, I don't know, who are carrying out similar acts indiscriminately amongst people, against people of all races. Yes. So there's the, there's the racial injustice side of the coin, and there's the police brutality side of the coin. And yet, I'm very disappointed because despite all the press conferences I've seen with Governor Cuomo and, and different people at law, uh, law enforcement, I see them trying to quell things but by being antagonistic and not acknowledging what's going on. Why don't you tell them to stop beating people? Yeah. And stop, you know, these protests, like I said, are getting bigger every day. They, they tear gas people in front of the White House the other day so Trump could fucking go take a picture in front of a church. And guess how big the protest was? It was they said it was over twice the size the next day because people are being emboldened by this show of force. It's enticing, right? I That's mean, it's what like it is. you know what? Fuck them. Yes, it, it just it, it it's motivating to to people, and you got to hope that the residual effect is with all this engagement among young people 
that it turns into some politicians, some Congress people, yes. some organizers, some community activists, because you can get all these people to sign up for your movement, but if you can't organize and affect change in the system that was built to suppress and oppress these people, unless they can gather the resources needed to make positive change and take the ranks of government away from the racists and the fucking people who don't want change and won't acknowledge that there's a racial issue in the States. Well, I'm glad you, you brought up the point where hopefully this creates opportunity for some of these younger people who are seeing this happen to become, like you said, you know, congressmen or members of Senate or whatever term you want to use activists, right? I can guarantee you, Lesko, if you gave me all of the crowd of the rioters and the protesters and the looters, I think the only ones that might end up becoming these people that can help affect change are the silent protesters, the one that the ones that are out there doing it correctly right. as as they've been told by the law. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're out there to protest to, to protest the law mm -hmm. but the law is telling them okay listen guys we're going to shoot you with rubber bullets if you're out past 8 8, 8, mm -hmm. 8 p.m and so they're, people... they're out there until 7 59 59 and then they go home yeah those people will be activists those people will affect change mm -hmm. but these people that are running in to grab 17 pairs of air jordans and a big 70 inch screen tv and mm -hmm. running out the front door with it those people will not let's go and, and those are the people for me that ruined this whole thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. They ruined this whole thing. 100%. And let's be honest, and, and, and this is a huge problem in the media because I saw CNN do it yesterday. They're like, oh, here's some protesters looting this store. Those aren't the fucking protesters, okay? Those are fucking thieves. Yes. Right? Those are thugs. Those are pre-planned people go, oh, all the cops are tied up with a bunch of fucking people, hippies sitting down at the thing. I'm going to go down Free and shit. fucking break into Macy's. Yeah. Because I can. You know what I mean? Like that... That's a huge issue that I see, and that's exactly what the federal government's trying to do right now, is paint these people as looters, as thugs, as extremists, as terrorists, right? They want to, they want to paint the entire movement with that 30-second clip you saw on CNN of people running out with Air Jordans and microwaves out of, the, out of Macy's or whatever, yeah. right? So that is something that... I feel like both you and I have done a good job of dis making distinctions so far between the, the looters and the protesters because they're not the same fucking people. No, and what another thing that I don't like to see, and again, I can't preface this enough, and I'm probably going to say it a bunch of times before we move on. The, the movement is anti-law. I get it. Like, I get it. But there are so many good police officers that's right. There are so many good police officers out there and their vehicles are being flipped over with them inside it. I mean, these guys... Like, it's not fair, man. It, it's really tough. And I've seen a couple clips of like, I think it was the one from the White House the other day where a, uh, an officer was assaulting a cameraman for, for CNN or whatever it was. Started taking punches at him. Another cop grabbed him, pulled him off. Said, let's go, move on. Like, you know, so... the. It's got to be frustrating for those good cops and the non-corrupt members of the law enforcement community to see people go out there doing and saying things that are, like I said, only going to fan the flames. They're only going to increase aggravation. Some of the things that I've heard law enforcement said, the people who are supposed to serve and protect, uphold the law, are fucking disgusting. Yes. Right? But 
I mean, think about it. Some of these cops are sitting here for hours getting fucking called everything for standing there doing their jobs. And then the curfew hits and they've been stroking that club off for about three hours, ready to bust some skulls. So like in their position, in their position, in their shoes, you can definitely get where emotions can certainly run high. But I mean, you are, you got a hard job. You're at the forefront of everything of this and of law enforcement and building. You talk about, you know, you hear some of these chiefs in some of these municipalities in the States talking about building inroads and connections with the community, gaining some kind of trust, because that's one of the biggest things right there is that there's no trust between law enforcement and the black community. Well, I mean, at this point, it kind of brings me back to the, the curfew thing and, you know, those videos circulating of someone being shot for doing nothing when in reality they are breaking the current law as it states, which right. you cannot be out. So when they stand there all day and get berated and have things thrown at them and yeah, they make a few arrests, you know, they make a few arrests during the day when people go absolutely ballistic. It's not just fucking free run, man. You can't do whatever you want. Right. Okay. There are still consequences here. So they make a few arrests during the day, during the protesting. They try and pick out some of the looters if they can identify them, whatever. But then at the end of the day, when the curfew sets in, is it not the responsibility of law enforcement in its entirety to instill the presence? We are still a presence. We still, we still matter right now it's not like police doesn't matter yeah. at this point we still matter and we will shoot you with rubber bullets if you're not out if you're not inside yeah and that's like, what because if there's sorry if, if, if there's no if there's no like sense of law then we're in we're in total anarchy yeah so when the curfew hits go the fuck inside get up tomorrow and do your thing again yeah now i thought it was great last night that at so many people did in Washington, New York, cities all over America did defy the curfew, but as an act of civil disobedience. And they, from what I could see, and I actually did not spend a lot of time on this today, tried to take a little break, didn't spend a lot of time looking up videos kind of from what that went down. But for the most part, what I saw before I went to bed was people kept moving, but they kept marching and they kept marching peacefully. And you know, I know that wasn't the case everywhere where it wasn't peaceful or the cops, you know, went to plow people out of there and things got heated. But there's a lot of there's a lot of good being done and a lot of respect being shown, I think, by law enforcement in certain situations and by like we said, you know, hopefully the majority of cops who are good fucking people and who might completely sympathize and be on the side of these people but are they're doing their fucking job. Yes. So you mentioned the, the 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 time when the officers drove through. Did, are you are we talking about the same clip? Did you see that one clip where the the cruiser just drives through like a barricade into people. of people into yeah, the people in right? New York? Yeah. So let me ask you, like, yay or nay on that move? Are you just like totally hundred percent nay, man? You can't do that. Okay, but what if you're that cop? Then you fucked up. What do you mean you fucked up? You, you fucked have up. you have hundreds of people. Surrounding your vehicle, throwing there was like thirty people in front of his fucking throwing brick. Yeah, but by the time by the time the second cruiser arrived, if we are talking about the same video, I'm sure. Yeah. We are. Oh yeah. By the time the second cruiser arrived and they decided to go through the two of them, there was quite a bit of commotion. Oh yeah, for sure. Because I'm afraid were... for my life, man. What if those cops were on their way? 
to try and save someone from being brutally beaten during the protest? Like, what if they were responding to a 911 call? Like, I just I have a difficult time trying to divide myself because I, I understand put sirens on if that was the case. Well, but. yeah, I guess. But 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 my point still stands. Like I'm not saying that that's what they were yeah, doing. Yeah. But, 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 but still, but like what, that's what if those officers were required to yeah. respond to an active duty call, like it totally unrelated to the rioters. Someone broke into someone's house and they were being savagely beaten and and whatever, you know. And what if they were responding to a 911 call? Your protest is now putting other yeah. people in danger. But they still have a responsibility. You still can't just run. Over no, I know you can't. <laughs> I know you can't run them over in public. But yeah. like I, I I I was watching the video and there was a moment where I felt like the officer maybe could have done a bit of a dangle and and perhaps brushed yeah. a few people. Or he could but, have just but, turned around and went the other way. But by the time the officer didn't do anything, they were surrounded. Yeah, and they... I'd be scared. Like, it's that's exactly what I'm talking about, about some of the things. And, you know, I, um, I've been followed this guy. Um, I wish I could shout him out, but he's been tracking, basically, police brutality since these protests begun. I think his thread's up to about 200 and some right now. Like what? You mean very recently? Like, like or videos of police brutality during this last week of protests. Oh, okay. Um, and obviously the list continues to grow as the protests continue to grow. Um, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what else more I want to say on, on the actual situation on the ground down there other than it's, it's you know, both tragic and awful. And, you know, I, I can only wish the best to the black community down there and, and everybody who's fighting the good fight and, and trying to trying to make things right and trying to do their part and and standing up for what's right and I mean we've we've seen an unprecedented level and maybe it's because no one has anything to do right now I'm not sure but this certain incident really appears to have permeated all facets of society and like we talked about has gone global I mean we've seen. Just the week before, there was a huge debate going on um, about race, racism in hockey. And we heard from Evander Kane, a couple of black players, the odd white player. And then now we have an avalanche of sports organizations and players giving their takes. And, and not just like a, you know, a simple stand with Black Lives Matter, like well thought out, well written, articulate letters and yeah and, full and statements full statements yeah. like uh, uh you know if, if if you haven't checked any out i, I recommend you read what jonathan T- taves had to say yeah about taves it, was a good one who was a very insightful man and, and demonstrated that uh in the statement that he produced um on the statements uh from you know not only hockey athletes but you know all athletes it, it there was a i fell down a bit of a rabbit hole it was yesterday uh someone online had basically called out Sidney Crosby saying, thanks for nothing. You saying nothing says it, says it all, you know? And then there was a good chunk of replies and whatnot that were like, Hey man, like, you know, you don't know what he's going through. He doesn't even have social media. And then those replies were like, yeah, but come on, he can release a statement, blah, blah, blah. And it's just what we talked about just earlier on the podcast, you, you lose sight of the actual problem. The actual problem is not like, oh, Cindy Crosby's well, a racist. It's not about who put out a statement. And He's a racist. Didn't yeah, because he didn't say anything. Like, am I a racist because I didn't because I didn't put hashtag Black Lives Matter? Am I a racist because I didn't take a black screenshot and and post that for Blackout right. Tuesday? Like, I just don't understand the argument that if you're not broadcasting the fact that you support. African-Americans and you are anti-hate 
that you automatically are pro-hate and you're racist. Right. And I think that's why there's, this time is different, you know, compared to what I've seen in my lifetime anyway, um, when when tensions flare up over over this topic, is that this has really transcended everything and people are looking it's like they've gotten to a point where it's like oh well you're silent and you're complicit well that's not entirely true because now you're you're basically calling people racist for no reason yes um, unfounded you know and that's that's shitty and think about it like think about the guy who works for fucking whatever nhl team president of the team calls you up yeah we need to put out a statement on black lives matter I'm just a fucking 25-year-old comms grad who knows nothing of politics, of racial issues. Say you live in Canada, too, and so you're a little more detached from the situation yes, in the States. Yeah. I mean, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So, like, can we pump the brakes on the Twitter policing of of who said what statement and your statement wasn't good enough and this team statement wasn't good enough and you missed the point? Like, let's see through this and, and take a look at who we're talking to here. Yes. We're talking to sports teams. We're and, not talking yeah. to your congressman, your fucking mayor. Okay. We're talking to sports teams. And in many so, cases, we're talking to their PR team because the athlete is a brick. Yeah. Let's not talk. <laughs> let's not expect a Martin Luther King level fucking speech out of your local sports team. Okay. So can, can we stop with that? Like criticizing people about they're not anti-racist enough or whatever. Like, if people took the time to write and put out a well-thought-out statement, all the power to them. I'm not going to read through the whole thing and nitpick and try and read between the tea leaves here. Sure, and and further to your point, if if they didn't sit down and put their thoughts out for everyone to see, then who cares? Well, that's I mean they're not racist. I don't li- I don't like them any less because yeah. they didn't do it. I mean, this is an issue that stretches back so long. Like nobody is going to sit there. See what happened, and then be like, "Wow, I'm gonna I got better f- do a lot of research and formulate a well thought out opinion on racism." A lot of these guys, you know, again, white privilege. You probably you may have never really given two fucking thoughts about this stuff. You know, head down playing hockey your whole fucking life. That's never right. have to fucking deal with anything like this. And and lucky you. Yeah, I guess as lucky, long as you exactly. can, as long as you can understand and agree with that fact, which I think all white privileged males, myself included, can totally agree with. I, I, I've said, I've said countless times, how just, just overall lucky I am to be born where I'm at. Yeah, with who I'm with and everything else, like you know what I mean. Yeah, I worked hard for this and that and the other thing, but my complexion and my nationality and where I live and the family I was born into had nothing to do with anything other than a fucking sperm met an egg. And there I was, you know, like you have to understand that you're in this position, but for many of us, you also have to understand that there's really, there's really nothing that I can do. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that Josh Coleman can do right now. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to say that out loud. Yeah. But it's aside, true. like I said, aside from educate yourself, learn about, you know, learn about things. You know, if you really, really want to get involved and you in there's something you want to do, sign some petitions, throw some money at some of the yeah, causes. Yeah, that's fair. Right? That's about it though. And again, I think we're putting a way too much emphasis on who's saying what when <laughs> than we true. should be. Right? Look at I the mean, issue. There are bigger issues at play here than who said what when. And again, like I said, if somebody wants to take their time and put out a well thought out statement, or they take their time and say, actually, I just only want to say a short paragraph, 
Um, good on them for fucking doing it. Yeah, fair. Can we not go around, you know, fucking slapping everyone in the sack over whether they're not not racist enough? Get like, the magnifying I, I, yeah. glass out. I actually do trouble with that. And 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 like I said, there are a lot bigger fucking things going on and things for people to concern themselves with and spend their time and energy on than going around policing people's statements. I agree. And dude, like one last point to that. Tiger Woods put a statement out couple days ago and he got immediate backlash because he thanked the first responders and the brave members of the police force for putting themselves in the situation i know what he meant i feel like everyone knows what he meant Mm -hmm. he was talking about what i was just talking about before the poor officers on the front line who are good officers yeah and they're all being painted with the same brush. Mm-hmm. Tiger goes out and says, this is terrible. We need to do better. I'm going to donate this and that and the other thing. Yeah. I'd like to thank the first responders and the brave officers who are there on the front lines trying to make some sense out of this, whatever it was. Yeah. It was much better than I'm making it out right now. But all that was taken out of his statement was that he thanked the cops. Yeah, A black man mm-hmm. with a billion dollars thanked the cops and, and that was everything uh, that they took away and that's really fucking sad yeah and i think that's that's unfortunate and i and i understand the maybe the more extreme aspects of this movement is you know very let's separate the two like oh you feel bad for the cops getting painted by all the same brush well guess what all right so i do understand that, that. is fair flip side of the coin so i think where people are at least coming from devil's advocate sort of thing on that situation is like, this is about this. It's about us. Don't make it about them sort of thing. Yeah. And I hate to boil it down to an us versus them, but I can totally understand how it's viewed in that light by someone who's actually fighting that that fight. Yes. And they're feeling it every day. And I'm glad you brought that up, man, because you can put me in my place a little bit there. Cause I'm realizing now after hearing you respond that what I said doesn't sound so great because all the good police officers are being painted with the same brush. Well, all the good African-Americans are being painted with the same brush as the criminals. Right. Right. So that's equally unfair. And, and, and I appreciate the fact that you, that you bring that light to my eyes. Again, let's fucking check ourselves right here. We don't know what the fuck we're talking about. We're just giving our opinions of what we see, how we see it, how we interpret things. And, and like, We've we've largely avoided difficult political issues on this show for the entirety of the show. We've talked a little politics shop here and there. This one's but different. like I mean, this this has really changed um, my outlook and, and um how forthcoming I've been politically. I mean, for as far as my socials go, like I haven't talked politics on social media seriously or promoted anything since I ran a campaign two years ago. Right. And this brought me out of the woodwork, kind of, you know, like I, I really, I want to say like I was, I'm inspired a little bit, I think, by what's going on and and by some of the things out there, what people are saying and and what they're doing, and it it really seems like a major tipping point as far as the political situation federally and hopefully on the local, state and local levels as well in the United States. So. Last last little piece here before we move on. We're 40 minutes deep. Only 40? Feels like we've been here for hours. Yeah. It's um, hard to talk about stuff like this. It is hard, man, because you gotta be you gotta be 
careful. Like I'm feeling like you have to be careful with what you say, you know? And, and like when I just said, oh yeah, all the good cops are being brought, painted with the same brush. Well, you, you made such a great counterpoint to that. You're like, yeah, but African-Americans get that every day. And it's like, fuck, he's right. But I guess what, what made me think about that was, you know, some of these videos that I've seen where the rioters and looters and like the physical protesters are right, right up in there, like fucking punching and kicking officers and the officers are just fucking beating them with the batons white black hispanic doesn't matter just letting them have it and i saw a couple of videos where i'm telling you lesko the the officer looked petrified and i think that's part of the problem that's not not just in this protest situation but this is the part of the problem from an officer standpoint i think all the time i mean why do you think they're so quick to shoot because they're fucking scared. And like, you know what? I, and I, I hate to fucking say this, and it, and I could be completely offside and wrong, but if you're too fucking scared, it's a hard job. You might be in the lo- wrong fucking line of work. Yeah, it's true. You know, if you're so trigger happy and so tense that you think every time you pull over someone of color that your risk of getting shot is up to 80%, maybe you're in the wrong fucking line of work. Yeah. I mean, I guess... I, I, I'm i going to have to say it now because I fucking hemmed and hawed, but I guess at the end of the day, you used a number. You used a percentage, okay? If you said 80% based yeah, on I mean, color, I whatever. Out, I know you I'm did. I'm just saying like from a psychological standpoint. I know you did, but the, I guess I guess the, the counter argument to that though, Lesko, is when you do look at the actual numbers, they, 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 they do tell a certain story, but that doesn't mean that we have to assume things. You're not allowed to assume things things the numbers can say one thing but you don't have to assume and i'd like to point something out a buddy of mine that works in the correctional um like he's a correctional officer he's a co at at a max level uh, penitentiary he has said to me before he's like listen if and when i have kids he says i'm gonna straight up tell those kids if you're ever lost if you're ever scared if if anything is wrong and you have to go and talk to a stranger Go talk to a black person. And the reason for that is because when we look at the numbers in this penitentiary, there are zero cases of African-Americans doing anything wrong to children. But the numbers for the Caucasian are off the charts. You got Mm. all your... Your your pedos and shit are mm-hmm. seem to be largely the Caucasian factor, and I said, you know what? It seems like the wrong thing to say, like socially, socially, and and morally, it's it feels like the wrong thing to say. But is is it not kind of fair? I mean, he they've got lots of inmates in there, and yeah, if you want to look at if you want to look at it based on color, which is what we're talking about right now, there's lots of you know statistics based on based on. Uh, background ethnicity right you look at largely the reason for certain ethnicities to be locked up in prison and none of them are really so bad that you would hate that person like the way people hate harvey weinstein for what he's done like what he does is way fucking worse than you know getting into a a gunfight in the street mm-hmm. with another gang or something like that. And like, that's the craziest that's thing. That's scary shit. I mean, right, going right to that right there, that's the craziest thing about what's happened in the States is that, you know, 
George Floyd was killed over a counterfeit $20 bill, and some of the officers involved in his killing haven't been charged. Well, I read today, though, that the officer that was kneeling on him, the charge has been increased to second degree. Good. Based on the fucking, the real fucking coroner's report, not that fake one that the fucking police put out. Pre-existing conditions. Are you kidding me? Well, it was just a, just a coincidence, you know, that he was kneeling on his neck. He actually had a heart condition. That's fucking disgusting. Yeah, that's what, that's what happened. That's disgusting. Yeah. And the other officers on scene have also been charged too. Just to so quit. they have been charged now. Just today. Okay, so that, was just this ap- that was just this afternoon. That was a big talking point. But again, you know, it, it just goes back to how these things are prosecuted. And it goes to show you how ingrained in the system this kind of stuff is. Like, it's not just about the frontline officer. It's about the fucking DA. It's about the judge. Oh, it's God, the yes. the Supreme Court. The coroner's office. I mean, it, yes. it goes, it's so ingrained in, in law enforcement and law enforcement culture in the United States. It's, and I mean, I keep saying the United States and I don't want to let Canada off the hook because we have our fair share of issues, uh, racial issues up here, um, maybe not born out of slavery, but out of colonization. Yes. I don't want to say, I don't want to sound like I'm letting Canada off the hook here by pointing my finger at the U S all the time. But obviously the focus of this discussion is on the United States. No, that that's fair. And I, and you know, to clarify, I think the, the, the biggest racial indifference that we see in our country is, heavily surrounding the first nations community absolutely that's that's exactly that's why people take a lot of issue with the people online going well meanwhile in canada uh you know we're just fucking got our thumbs in our bum eh? like yeah yeah well you know if you're the one of those people saying it ain't happening in canada or it doesn't happen in canada then again you need to educate yourself as well so yeah i mean i think that's the best thing for everybody at this point in time is to do your best to open your eyes a little bit. Like I, I said in one of my group chats the other day that, cause they were, they were mentioning that, you know, Oh yeah, I, I shared this or I, I did that just because I, I feel like it's necessary at this time to, to give my support. And some of the other guys in the group were like, well, I didn't do it. So does that mean that I don't support it just because I didn't do it? And it comes back to our original conversation. We've talked it uh, to death here on the pod, but you know, I said to the guys, I was like, well, I, I didn't share anything because I'm a white privileged fuck face with my head in the sand. Yeah. And then, you know what? I thought it's a good opportunity to to express yourself and, and to, because you might have, you know, you might have lots of people looking at you, whether or not you know it or not, and say like, oh, okay, like, it's okay for me, average white privileged male, to stand on the side of Black Lives Matter or such a movement it's not there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with me expressing solidarity with the black community no and in that in that moment you're not different than them in that moment you are not different than them because you're with them well you're You're telling them i'm sharing a common belief with you and and i I actually you know i i meant to say this earlier but um it's really difficult to to like I don't know. I don't even know what the what right words to say. And I think that's the hardest part about this entire thing. Um, again, when you check your white privilege and basically say, "What, you know, how how do how should I express myself when it comes to this issue?" And it's very difficult because, like, I'll admit, I deliberated point, posting that black square yesterday because I'm like, "Is what, this stupid? Is, is this, this enough? Is this you know what I mean?" And it's like. But it's like, no, this is a time to show 
even my small network of people that you know I'm on the side of this and and if you are one of those again stick to sports people I, I mentioned it earlier but they're not listening and, anymore. And you're not listening anymore <laughs> but if you've made it this far don't let anyone tell you this is a political issue because at the heart of it it's not it involves politics to fix but as far as I say as far as I'm concerned race versus anti-racist is a battle of good and evil, not yes. fucking, not your political beliefs. I agree. And, and if you tell me that your political beliefs or your belief system or whatever teaches you to be racist, you got the wrong fucking one, buddy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think the good versus evil is such a great way to put it, Lesko. And like the the way that I wanted to wrap up this part of the, the, the podcast. Nobody sat there and said Hitler's politics were bad. Right. Yeah. He's fucking evil. Yeah. End of story. Yeah, sure. Um, the way I wanted to wrap it up was to basically proclaim the fact that 33-year-old Josh Coleman, myself, cannot, actually cannot believe that in 2020, we are still living in a racist world. That's it, the hardest it's, part. It's right? so... It's it's mind blowing, and I have a very difficult time even fathoming the fact that other people would literally think less of a human being because of the way they look, talk, dress, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and I think a big problem too is Blows is people mind. not owning their biases, owning their prejudices, whether or not you think you're racist or whatever. You might have things that are basically built into you by societal factors environmental factors that are built into you that contribute to this problem without even really knowing it and that's why i keep repeating this educate yourself just read just spend some time learning about what some of these people have gone through and you might learn something about them and you might learn something about yourself true and i mean at this point let's go i'll ask you this question that i don't think you'll even be able to answer but give it your best shot it's a two-parter. One, where do we go from here? And two, do you think that we will ever live in a world that doesn't have this? I don't know if we'll ever live in a world where it doesn't exist, but I would, I'd be happy with living in a world where it's been pushed back to the fringes of society and not dog-whistled in our face by political leaders. Because that's the change that's really never taken place. The Republicans took up the racist mantle in the 60s when they opposed the Civil Rights Act. And some of those people, some of those very fucking people are still, still in the Senate. Yes. Still in Congress. Yes. Okay, some people were there when it happened and opposed it at the time. And to this day, people are shocked to find out that Buddy from fucking Arkansas is still racist. Okay? Like, yeah. All right? Yeah, he's 63 years old. Like, he's not changing. Where do we go from here? Like, like I said, all we can do, and and probably the majority of you guys listening, I don't want to paint my fucking audience with the same brush here, but all you can do is better educate yourself, and if you feel compelled to do more, there's plenty out there you can do as far as supporting these causes. Um, We just need to... We need to seize the moment, and and like I said, I hope that the young people who are out there marching in the United States, you know, civil disobedience, fighting the power, all that stuff. I really hope that those people are going to step up and and take action and make a difference because 
Anarchy isn't going to get it done. No. And protesting isn't going to get it done. It's organizing. Yes. If these people can seize the moment and organize and make something of this anger, of this rage, I know I know the black community's passed it, and I, and I sympathize with the frustration they expressed when they said, bitch, we've been doing this for 30 years, mm-hmm. right? Like, you, you're wondering why we're rioting, why we're angry. You know, we've tried to participate in the system and continue to be pushed to the sidelines, but it's it's a hell of a lot harder to change the system from the outside than it is from the inside. Well, I, and that's just the that's the nature of 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 our system of our, of democracy, unfortunately. See, and I think you know, not maybe use a different word than system for me. Let for me, let's use society. I think society is the best way to fix this and by that i mean i feel like we're probably two two maybe three generations away from having this be not over but not really a thing anymore right like not only is it a thing still today look at look at what we're doing we're 53 minutes into a hockey podcast talking nothing about social injustice and Black Lives Matter and discrimination against African Americans and minorities. Yeah. So we are at least two or three good generations. And when I say that, I mean my kids and your kids mm-hmm. and people our age in the late 20s to late 40s that are going to reproduce. You have to instill good morals into your child because- we're still seeing the middle-aged man who is a total racist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that person's children are going to be maybe not racist. That's unfair. But that's what I'm talking about. Environmental factors, unintentional, unintentional biases yeah. that come with your upbringing that yes. you don't even fucking realize. Yes. And that's why I'm saying how important it is for you to for you to just take the time to educate yourself on the subject. And that's what I think what bothers me the most about the, I don't even know, I don't even want to legitimize it by calling it a counter argument, but for the people out there who are like, well, it's not, there isn't systemic racism. There isn't a problem. If there, if you believe that you haven't taken the time as far as I'm concerned. Oh, if you believe that it, your head's further in the sand than mine. My, yeah, my only fucking reaction to you is read a fucking book. Yeah. You know, like it's just, you know, it, it's there's no excuse for your ignorance anymore because the access to information is available to you. Okay, you got manipulated by some fake news and some racist parents. The information is available to you if you have the desire to learn and to change, right? I mean, with the way the world is now, it's not good enough for for even you and I and 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 anyone else to sit there and be complacent. And it, it goes back to what we we're saying. What are we going to do by saying something, by spending an hour on our podcast talking about it? Maybe one person is going to go out there and learn something today. You know, maybe somebody's going to take something and change their perspective, even a little bit, or say, I didn't look at it that way. That's all we need, I think, or all I need in terms of getting something from, from spending this much time talking about it. Because this a lot of this conversation you and I had, which is a very genuine, thoughtful conversation, I'd like to say, on the subject, a lot of this conversation is something that we might have behind closed doors otherwise. I'm certainly not going to have it online. I ain't got time to type all this out. Fair. So I think it's good that even in the conversation we've had right now, I think we both learned something 
just by sharing perspectives about how we feel and what we see and and by posing difficult questions like you just did by saying, where do we go from here? Because that's the most fucking impossible question ever. That's what I told because you. I thought, You're man, not going to be able to answer it. But. I, when Barack Obama got uh, elected, it was the most monumental moments I've seen in my lifetime. Yes. Watching that go down and, and feeling that joy. And like I was studying political science at the time in university. So it was a huge that would be a topic huge of deal. discussion. Yeah. Right. We're talking about how, what's, how it's going to affect things. And, and, you know, that's a whole nother discussion for another day. But you saw and you start to see a lot of younger people of color enter the political arena in the United States as a result of Obama's presidency. People were campaigning for them when they were 18 or 16 or 17 or now in Congress. Right. So I'm hoping that we see in the next round of elections and the, the future elections, people who said, yeah, when George Floyd was murdered, and we were I was on the streets when I was seventeen years old. I made marching. A and then I and then I said, I'm going to continue this. This yeah. was the birth of my political career. I'm, I'm really gonna be looking, a part of the solution. Right. So I'm really hoping that and I, I can really see it and maybe something about this feels different. And I've also heard individuals in the black community say that as well. That something feels a little different this time. And maybe it's given the 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 political situation in the states currently that that might really have have created that tipping point. Well, true because so many of the residents of the U.S. of A. are already at their wits' end. Then you throw in the George Floyd murder, and they're ready to pop off. Oh, and then you got the time. fucking POTUS saying, "You start looting, we'll start shooting." So. It's just a complete tornado of yeah. fucking shit that's going on, man. Like 2020 could not be any worse. Could not be worse. I mean, and it's most interesting too because, um, and these these uh, events that are so monumental and pivotal in our history are uh, such an amalgamation of different factors. And a huge part of this, and it's been talked about a little bit, but- COVID put 40 million people in the United States out of work. So there's a lot of people with a lot of time on their hands to fucking protest. And also COVID has also disproportionately affected those who are poor and those who are people of color in the United States. So here we have simmering anger for hundreds of years on top of an unfavorable political situation, a bad economy, a pandemic, and continued justice and police brutality. I don't know. I don't know when this stops. We could well, still be talking about this next week. Yeah. Oh, easily. And you know what? If 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 the pressure is maintained and and people continue to fight through despite the, you know, the threats of brutality and the threats of use of force, you know, I I can't say I can't say I'll be disappointed. You know. Yeah, I agree. Um, you mentioned COVID. Is uh, is COVID not over now? It sure because, seems to have I mean, taken a back seat. Dude, right? yeah, but I mean like literally over. Like you got fucking hundreds, maybe thousands of people gathering. Well, it's definitely not over because we're going to see some hot spots. You got to figure for Well, that's my point. Like if we're seeing all these protests go on, if numbers don't sub, like increase significantly after all these riots and, and public gatherings... 
then COVID's over. I'm going to the beach. I guess. And, and that, this is the craziest thing to see these kind of numbers during the pandemic situation when sp- streets have otherwise been dead. Cops yes. have probably been bored before yes. this. And now we have the complete opposite of that. And there's a lot of people, you know, I, 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 I've read about saying like, you know, I, I'd love to be there, but I can't. I'm, you know, I, I've got a protected immunocompromised relative or Sure, or I have asthma. I, I yeah, want to exactly. protest, but I can't. So yeah. you, just imagine what these protests might look like if we were in more of regular, a standard world. regular times. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's pretty crazy, man. I just, I've been, I've been just thinking that myself, seeing all the the mass gatherings of people, and I'm looking and I'm going, those motherfuckers getting COVID, you know, like yeah. they're getting it, and if they don't get it, then it's over, and yeah. someone needs to release a statement that says it's over, we're back to normal because we just had thousands of people in, and we're not just talking about in Minneapolis where the murder occurred, we're talking about Washington D.C., New York, California, oh, yeah, like, all fifty states now there's protests, yeah, all 50 states. There was there was fucking guys uh, riding horses to protest down in Texas the other day, which really? was badass as shit. That is badass. There's a bunch of guys riding around on And let's horses. be honest, you wouldn't anticipate much of a pushback from the southern states, right? Like, not to paint them all with the same brush, but you get a lot of, you get, you, you probably have a lot of your old school racism founded kind of down in that area do you not oh absolutely yeah Yeah, so it's nice to see that like it is it's very nice to see that not to say that oh good for texas for doing that but it's it's nice to see that the the support is across the nation and not just right in certain areas and it's not just it's not just black people right like you you see those pictures on tv there's people of all ethnicities and all races they're joining together to you know fucking fight for what's right here so yeah i agree um, are you tired yet yeah man i mean to to be completely honest with you i feel like moving on to any sort of sports talk as little as we have right now is it feels like nothing feels like a moot point feels like nothing I, and and that's why i had no problem you know at first i thought about yes yes are we even gonna do a show i was like really like right now it just feels so secondary but me being a political guy and both Let's of us being very it. opinion opinionated people, I you know, I, I was up to the challenge of taking this on. And like I said, we haven't really dabbled too hard on social or political issues, um, let alone dedicating an entire show to it. And I think this was most definitely an appropriate time and you know, I'd be lying if I said I thought about anything outside of my job and eating and sleeping other than this particular issue for the past several days. Absolutely. I mean, it's been consuming and not just from because it's everywhere, but because it's like I've allowed myself to get immersed into it because there's certain things that happen. I'm like, take over, for example, eventually I was done with that. I don't want to read about COVID. Don't care. Just tell me about the local cases so I can monitor our our situation. But other than that, tell me when it's over. I don't want to hear about it. Like, you know, in this, in this difficult time, try listening to the radio right now. Oh my God. But this was something where I went, you know what? Like, I need to take this opportunity to pay attention. And just because it did feel pivotal to me. So that remains to be seen, but it, it sure sure is looking that way. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, I mean, I think it's, I, I think it's just best if we wrap it up, dude. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Um, we'll hit. We'll try and hit the ice next week. Yeah. Um, hopefully we'll have a little more interesting uh, topics if you're not into this kind of thing. 
Um, if you are into this kind of thing, uh, let us know what you think, how you feel. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Did we go offside? Did we go offside? Are we canceled? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That was my biggest fear coming in was that we would... And that's probably been my fear in discussing anything of this nature on this show for a while. It's like, fuck, what, you know, what, what are we going to say that's going to fucking, you know, ruin this for us or, or paint, paint ourselves in the wrong light because you see how society is right now. It's, it doesn't take a lot. No, that's right. And on on a sports show, it's really difficult to go offside. I mean, the the, mo- the most offside you could be on a sports show is calling a player a pussy because he didn't want to go in the corners. But it's a sport, so that's fair. Right. I feel like that's fair. We're right. here to talk about sports, so I'm going to talk about my feelings with sports. Yeah. You know, but you can go way offside on a conversation like this. So it was a it was a, a tentative thing. You got to be careful. I'm glad we did it. You know, we're over an hour deep. We got a lot of shit off our chest. I personally don't think that we were ever too too crazy offside or anything like that and if and if we were i for myself you know i apologize to anyone out there if i offended anybody with with what i was saying i'm not i'm not a racist at all i enjoy some ethnical jokes from time to time when i'm watching com like comedians do their thing or whatever but and that's kind of why I wanted to talk to you about that earlier in the show. I thought, where is this going to go as far as, yeah. you know... I don't uh, think anything is, any of that's really going to change. I hope it's not. it's so secondary, I right? hope not, Lesko. I do. <laughs> I really I really hope not. Like, I, I hope that we don't enter a world where, you know, a, a, a guy like Will Ferrell isn't allowed to have total... Like like a like a white sheet with um, no pun intended, like a blank sheet of anything that he can say to be a funny guy because that's his job is to be a funny guy. Yeah. But you can't go out there and and say things that are incredibly offside and you know immoral. But I, I hope we don't enter a world where everyone has to walk around. No, on, on I don't. I don't really see this as uh, like a you know a, a monumental hi- shift. Hyper, hyperactive PC culture moment. I see it more of a a socio-political moment and, and actually um, focusing on what's important and that's not necessarily policing who says what, when, and was this too far, was it not too far? Yeah. But it's putting a focus on what the real issue he- is here and that's, you know, mistreatment of African-Americans, people of color all over the world, particularly in the United States, by law enforcement, by everyday citizens, by people in power, it it's it's got to stop, right? Like it's it's got to stop, and I really hope that I I really hope that people learn from this and and open their minds a little bit, open their hearts instead of you know instead of buying into the idea that this is not as big as a deal as people are making it seem, mm-hmm. because that's a loser way. That's not just a loser's way out of the issue, but it's a loser's way out in life. Yeah, I agree. For you to go, yeah, that doesn't affect me, so it's not a real problem. Or to go, yeah, that uh, doesn't really seem like anything major in my community, so why Fuck should it. I care? Yeah. But we're we're a globally connected world now, and we're seeing that in the response to George Floyd's death. Murder. Murder. There it is. Thank you. All right, well. Cold close, uh, cold closing for the Pucks and D podcast. Uh, we opened up with some uh, some NWA. It was a fitting, it was a fitting song at this point in time to be used. Copyright infringement laws may come and 
bite us in the ass later, but I doubt it. I'll ask Ice Cube straight up. Can we use this? <laughs> I yeah, know he's true. got the rights. He's so very been, active on Twitter. I've been following Ice Cube on Twitter, and he's been a fantastic follow. He has been. Um, you're right. One of the best things that he said, I, I did want to mention this earlier, I forgot, but people said, he said, like, people keep telling me to bring the old songs back, the old shit back. I said what I said. I don't need to say it again. And Ice T actually. Uh, not to be confused with Ice Cube. I know. I, also I, had an interesting tweet where, as he said, people keep calling me for interviews. My phone's ringing off the hook. Play my old ones. What, do you want me to come say the same shit? Yeah, it's true. Because the same shit keeps happening. Nothing's changed, right? Exactly. Nothing's changed. So, well, um, that's it. Episode 63, Pucks and Deep Podcast is a wrap. Thanks for joining us uh, for this very insightful, very important episode. I think it would have been easy, let's go for us to skip over this week and you know maybe maybe touch on it for a few minutes next week and just say our our, our piece and move on. But you know, an hour and ten minutes later or so, I'm very glad that we got together to do this. And I think it was uh, I think it was an important thing for us to do, not because of our thousands and thousands of listeners, but just just because it was an opportunity for the two of us to say things out loud to one another that aren't our wives, you know. Uh, or our family members. So we were able to talk this out. And like we said, hopefully remain pretty much PC as far as, you know, not tripping anyone off is concerned, but it was good. And uh, thanks for, thanks for being here to do it with me, my friend. Yeah, absolutely, man. And and I'm glad that you're willing to take on this challenge with me. And, and also it's, it's just, uh, you know, it's a bit of a point of pride. Like I said, we could have glossed over this. We, you know, could have skipped over and said, yeah, we'll cover it a little bit next week or, or just ignored it all together. But this is, this is a movement and this is a moment in history. I feel that's larger than anything transcends and everything. So it, it was like, if we're doing a show this week, this was what it was going to be about. Right. Um, and I really hope that, that everyone took the time to listen. If it's not your cup of tea too bad, but if you did take time to listen, thank you. Um, you know, if you like the show, please share. Please subscribe, uh, and and we'll see you next week. I, don't, I that's it. I'm tapped out. Good closing statement from Mister Lesko. You can find him on Twitter at Lesko Adam. You find myself at Coleman Forty Two, and the show is at PuckPod. And I'll close it out this week. Episode sixty three is a wrap. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining. Be safe. Be well. Be aware, and be a good human being. We'll see you next week.